1: and a touchdown. Fell into the middle of that line and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Darnold escapes trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Darnold. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the q Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you.
0: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and we're going to recap day number 10 of New York Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, today at Florin Park, not quite as hot and humid, you must have been happy.
1: I was very happy with the weather, (laughs) and that's that's pretty much where it stops. Um, because man, I did not have high expectations going into today when they said it was going to be a scrimmage. You know, I figured, okay, their first scrimmage is going to be rough. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be some bumps, but man, this was ugly. And imagine how bad you think it could have possibly gone and multiply that by a million or two, because everything that went wrong (laughs) could have gone wrong. Very little good happened. And Pretty much everything good that did happen involves somebody that is not expected to uh, be a starter or even contribute in any real way, shape, or form this season.
0: Chris, we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty of the practice, which actually was the scrimmage that Adam Gase was teasing Rich Semini about earlier in the week. Later on at the very end, we're going to address the elephant in the room, which is the Manish situation. We'll talk about that, but first I want to go through everything that happened at practice, and we'll start with the fact that the first-team offense had a miserable day. In fact, Samini made a joke about it on his Twitter saying, hey, Coach Gase, I showed up like you asked, but your first-team offense didn't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Samini also had another joke walking off about how Vegas is going to be – frantically changing the odds for the Jets after reading all our tweets about practice because it was bad. And Darnold was bad. He had a couple of good throws, like three, probably three really good throws. But Crowder caught one of those. good. One of them was beautiful, probably 25, 30 yard, beautiful pass, beautiful catch. But another one, Crowder caught and then fumbled as he was going to the ground for the second team defense to recover. Um, Chris Hogan caught a pass for a first down that he fumbled uh, for the first team uh, defense to recover. Uh, Darnold and Herndon couldn't connect on a couple plays where they should have been able to connect. Le'Veon Bell took the first handoff off of, of the scrimmage, had a hole on his right side that he passed up to go up the middle, got stuffed. Um, uh, Frank Gore had a couple decent runs. One of them was called back on a hold. Uh, if it, it, Greg Greg Van Roten Roten uh, um got hurt and didn't uh, had to be pulled, Jonathan Harrison had to come in. It it was bad all around. Uh, just just absolutely bad all around. And the other, the worst part is the flip side is equally true because the first team defense got worked by the second team offense. Um, they, they were getting uh moved on all over the place uh it was just bad the the starters got beaten like a drum today by backups
0: play like a jet play like a jet Let's talk about one of the starters who didn't see a whole lot of action, and there were some questions as to why. Questions that Le'Veon Bell decided to elaborate on on Twitter. Le'Veon Bell barely played today. It was mostly Frank Gore, and then later on LaMichael P. Ryan, and we'll get to LaMichael P. Ryan when we talk about the second-team offense a little bit more. But Le'Veon Bell was said by Adam Gase after practice to have been limited because of a hamstring issue. And then Le'Veon Bell decided to respond on Twitter to that by saying, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings, then said, it's tough to stay loose when you do a bunch of standing around and I'm used to going. Somebody said, we talking about practice though, as in the Allen Iverson reference, practice, we talking about practice. And Bell responded, exactly, I practice for a game, I need to practice to be great in games, Duh so this is not good originally you thought well frank gore is getting a bunch of the reps Gase is saying there's an injury there with Bell you don't want there to be a bad hamstring issue but at least it makes sense if Le'Veon Bell is out here telling you that there's nothing wrong with his hamstrings implying that the coach is lying about the fact that he had an injury and that with all of this in mind the coach used that as cover to give all these carries to Gore that is really messy and it makes you really nervous about what could happen this season, especially considering that the relationship between Gase and Bell was not exactly the best to begin with. So you look at all of this, Chris, and it just makes you scratch your head because the last thing the Jets needed with all these injuries and all these problems and with the terrible day that the first-team offense had to begin with was more of this type of stuff, and yet here it is staring them right in the face.
1: Yeah, I mean, no preseason games. We're not to the regular season game uh, games yet. And all it took was the first scrimmage for this to happen. And as bad as everything went during the scrimmage, I drive home. And, I, you know, again, I saw Le'Veon got the first three reps. Then um, Gore came in for the next drive. Le'Veon came in. I didn't think anything of it that he didn't get uh, a lot of reps throughout the rest of practice. Um, you know, it could have been just the tightness or, or something popped up. It could have just been like they were just like, nah, let's just get him a couple um, reps, a couple drives, and then take him out. So I didn't think anything of it. And then I come back and I see Twitter, and now there's there needs to be something made of this because that's not good. The Jets in-house reporter Eric Allen tweeted it out, and Le'Veon Bell responded, "Ain't nothing wrong with my hamstring." That's, I mean, he's bit right there. I don't know what else you can say about that comment, but it's saying that what Gay said is not true. And he's Le'Veon's obviously frustrated. Now, I'm sure he'll calm down and then he'll end up saying the right thing in the end. But this, this keeps happening where it seems like there's some friction there and then Le'Veon comes out and he calms it down and says that there's no problem, no problem. But there, there seems to be a disconnect somewhere. And again, it, it was just an ugly day of practice. And then to come back and have one of the best players on the team uh, saying that coach is not telling the truth because my hamstring's fine. That, uh, how much worse can it get?
0: This is really bad, Chris, especially when, as you said, the offense was terrible. And the first team defense, which did well against the first team offense, completely crumbled against the second team offense, which I guess is good in one sense because it's nice to see that somebody like LaMichael Pirine, who had a 79-yard touchdown run, did well. But if the first team defense is going to be going up against these really good offenses all year. They're playing a much tougher schedule in 2020 than they did in 2019, and they can't even stop the backups. That is a very big problem because, as we've talked about all throughout camp and throughout the offseason, Chris, the defense was going to be the strength of this team. You were hoping that Doran would take a step up, but the offense was very much a work in progress. I know that the defense was going to take a bit of a step back because, A, they're playing tougher competition on offense, B, Jamal Adams is gone, and C, they're not getting C.J. Mosley back the way that they thought they were going to, which would have helped to make up for the loss of Jamal Adams. But for them to get dominated this way by backups is absolutely inexcusable, and I'll tell you something— if the offense and the defense don't start to get their act together i understand this was the first scrimmage this is going to be a really ugly season as rich said it would be hard to have been at this practice and been an odds maker and not turned around and gone oh uh, you know i don't know about favoring them in any of these games especially since there's not going to really be a home field advantage this year
1: yeah and again i this isn't just me sitting here saying um you know they looked really bad in first practice because I had low expectations, I was ready to chalk up a bunch of stuff, a bunch of bad things, and be like, "Yep, the first real scrimmage. All right, no big deal." But it was bad all around and in every way possible. Uh, P. Ryan looked great. He had a he had that big, huge run for the touchdown, but he also had like like three or four other really nice runs. This, but so, let's see if I can sum this up as succinctly as possible about how bad the the First team defense was. I in my notes here. I have Barrios MVPing it. Uh, Braxton Barrios was carving up the defense. Like Bra- Braxton Barrios w- looked great out there. And it man, Jordan Jenkins dropped an easy interception. It looked like McDougald had another shot at an interception, but he he reacted just a little late. Mike White, David Fales, and even James Morgan, all three of them were able to move the ball semi, at least semi-consistently against the first-team defense. And honestly, all three of those quarterbacks played better than Sam Darnold did today, and Sam Darnold was playing against the second-team defense.
0: There's not much else to say about that, Chris, other than it's very, very concerning. Again, first scrimmage, but remember... There's no actual preseason games, and we're only a couple of weeks out from the regular season starting. So there is absolutely a reason to be very, very nervous now as we continue here in training camp. They have got to get this sorted out. Let's talk about the good things, though, Chris, because I don't want to be a total Debbie Downer. There were some players that showed up today who played very well. Not everybody struggled today. Tell me about who some of the stars of practice were.
1: Yeah, well the the stars were all on the second team. Um the stars were P Ryan and Braxton Barrios. Those were the two guys and, and Ashton Davis actually I should say. Ashton Davis had a really nice interception and a return. There was some debate if it was actually a touchdown or not. We weren't 100% sure, but uh but it was a really nice play. Um the the all backup quarterbacks looked fairly decent including uh, James Morgan uh, Mike White probably had the best day out of the group there was some guys on the first team who didn't get embarrassed Is the best way to say it uh bless austin looked fine marcus may looked fine uh the defensive line in general looked all right because they did get pressure this is also so that i've talked about how this year our movement of the reporters movements a little more restricted we're on the middle field today uh behind the end zone so there was a lot of plays where we didn't have a good angle and the plays on the opposite side of the field, we couldn't see all that well, but there was a, lot, a bunch of plays where Sam Darnold probably would have got sacked that they let continue. So the defensive line wasn't terrible, but they did, they did struggle against the run. Uh, Pira again, P Ryan looked really good. Uh, Gore looked, Gore looked good. That, that's really it though. Um, like I said, Crowder made a couple of nice plays, but he also had a, a big fumble. Hogan made a couple of nice catches, but he had a big fumble. Uh, there was one play with Jeff Smith that uh, Darnold, uh, I, I'm not sure how much of it was Darnold had to get rid of the ball super quick and how much of it was a miscommunication. But, yeah, the the three stars of the day were Ashton Davis, P. Ryan, and Barrios. And then, like I said, it was Marcus May uh, and uh, Bless Austin and the defensive line, didn't didn't get embarrassed for the most part. The, again, the running game was part for the defensive line was not good. Jordan Jenkins had that dropped interception. I mean, by the goal line, it was right in his hands, and he just couldn't haul it in. There wasn't much good to talk about. It's, it's really that simple. Like, normally I can sit here and I can say some bad things, but I can point out a bunch of good things. But those three guys, like I said, those were the only, like, really excellent things There was just uh, other positives on the first team were really just, okay, you didn't get embarrassed today.
0: Chris, this is the part of the podcast where I ask you about injuries, and I'm almost afraid to do that because it seems like the list gets worse and worse by the day. Denzel Mims started to run today I guess that's a positive sign Who are we looking at coming back soon And did we get any new injuries Because I know Terrell Basham Apparently is going to miss a couple of weeks And he was probably going to be the other starter Opposite Jordan Jenkins Now he's not going to be I have no idea who it's going to be now This is a mess of epic proportions In every single way possible What's going on injury wise
1: Yeah it's not getting better it is it is progress for Mims because this is the first time we spotted him outside, so that does mean he's getting closer. They're not sure what's going on with Cager's knee. He's getting an MRI. That does not sound good. Um, Bash him a few weeks from returning does not sound good. And again, I I said he's he had a really strong camp, and I say that and he goes and gets hurt the next day. Uh, Gre- Greg Van Roten uh, has an oblique issue that he got. Uh, hurt today and then is Le'Veon Bell's hamstring tight or not I'm gonna go with Le'Veon Bell and say that that wasn't the case but yeah on top of everything else about today and how bad it was these injury issues aren't really clearing up and there's more coming in It, it there's just there's just nothing good good to talk about today. just nothing nothing
0: by the way, Chris, just to put a bow on how bad all of this was, this is courtesy of Connor Hughes. He tweeted, starting Jets offense, working against backups, had six possessions, scored zero points, turned it over three times, an INT in two fumbles, punted three times, picked up five total first downs. Starting D was not any better. Final score, backups 27, starters nothing. So as I'm sure most people could imagine, There were some things that Adam Gase had to get off his chest in the post-practice presser. Not that he was going to go on a rant or anything, but that he had to address clearly. He talked about Denzel Mims being deeper in his progression. As I mentioned earlier, he's running on the sideline. They're still trying to figure out what's going on with Lawrence Cager's knee. Apparently, they're nervous about it because it started to swell overnight. So just what the Jets needed, another injury to a wide receiver. As I mentioned, Terrell Basham looks like he's a few weeks from returning. Gay said he pulled Le'Veon Bell out of practice because he was feeling tight in his hamstrings. We now know, of course, from Le'Veon Bell that that is apparently not true. Said he didn't want to risk it. Greg Van Roten has an oblique issue, so I guess we'll find out more about that tomorrow, hopefully. Gase said he saw some things that, quote, need to get fixed. You don't say. And then he said this was a good step for us. Not really sure how it was a good step, but okay. Then he said when things go wrong, those two find each other. Gase on the Darnold-Herndon connection. Although, as you heard from Chris, there was a play where Darnold had a perfect opportunity to hit Herndon for a touchdown and wasn't able to, so... Another bizarre comment from Gase based on what actually happened in practice today. Gase did admit that he was shocked that Darnold didn't connect with Herndon for that touchdown and instead a play later threw the interception to Ashton Davis, which was returned for a pick six. Sounds like the Jets are going to add another receiver. I mean, how could they not at this point? There's basically no option. I wonder if it's going to be Kevin White or who else it could possibly be. Maybe somebody else gets released. That's the extent of what Gay said after practice, it appears, Chris. But there wasn't really much positive that he could say based on what you saw at camp today.
1: Yeah, this is one of those unenviable uh, situations coaches have to be put in sometimes because there was nothing positive that he could really say. But at the same time, he does have to kind of keep the spirits of the team up a little bit, Um And, you know, that quote about things showing up and this was a good first step. It was only a good first step if, like, you were, like, thinking that the team was getting too, like, confident and too – and, like, now they've been humbled a little bit and they need to go back and put in the work. Uh, This was not a good first step in reality, not with all the question marks we already had about this team. It could end up meaning nothing because, again, this was just the first scrimmage. The training camp has been weird this year i would expect rust and to not look great but man this is that this first step was backwards if anything um they definitely do need to increase the, uh, the urgency um you know kevin white that that's a name that you would uh, you know go to because they brought him in for workout now he was he's in san Francisco. Uh, visiting the 49ers he was yesterday and the 49ers have had all types of injury issues at wide receiver too. So if I'm Kevin White and uh, the Jets try to come at them, if the 49ers are going to make an offer, I'd rather go to San Francisco. So maybe they can't even get Kevin White. Um, Maybe they can, who knows. Um, But yeah, and I want to talk about, about and being shocked about Darnold missing Herndon and, and then throwing the interception. There does seem to be a little bit of a trend with Darnold here. He can be just miss a touchdown and then it's an interception. And and then again, to top it all off, that Le'Veon Bell stuff after practice. Again, I just don't know what else to say. Today could not have gone much worse.
0: It has been a bizarre series of circumstances for the Jets throughout training camp. The Le'Veon Bell thing just seems to be the icing on the cake. And certainly what's been rumored to be going on around Manish has been a topic of conversation. And that's not exactly something that isn't circus-like as well. So Chris, let's briefly touch on this. As everybody knows, Manish comes on the show once a week. As everybody is also aware, Manish is controversial for a variety of reasons. If you've read his work, if you looked at his tweets, you know why. He's somebody is perceived to be hostile to the team, particularly Adam Gase. And I think it's fairly obvious that Manish is not a big fan of Adam Gase. As far as what his problems are with Gase, he's talked about it on the show multiple times. Anything deeper than that is something you would have to take up with him. He is very, very positive on Sam Darnold and has talked about him in a very glowing light. So it's not like Manish is against everybody in the Jets organization, which is what some people are trying to paint it out, that he just hates the Jets and he's always trying to sow discord. He's constantly praising Sam Darnold. He was praising Jamal Adams constantly when Jamal Adams was here. So it's sort of a mix and match. Manish is like that, though. He has very strong opinions and he's not afraid to put them out there. As far as what's behind the opinions, that's for you to decide. That's not for me to tell anybody. You can form your own opinion. I have Manish on the show every week because... He does get some good stories But more importantly It's important to have a wide variety of voices on the show Chris is on a lot Joe Blewett, Michael Nania You've heard from a ton of the beat reporters They're on all the time Matt Stiplkowski was on every week last year Daryl Slater has been on multiple times a week in the past When he covered the Jets Now he's off the Jets beat That's the only reason Daryl's not on the show Believe me, I would love to have Daryl on all the time He's one of my favorite people to talk to Not just when it comes to The podcast but in general But he's not covering the Jets anymore Dennis Wozak from the AP has been on plenty You've heard from Andy Vasquez From NorthJersey.com he comes on Plenty as well there are several other Beat reporters that have made appearances Brian Costello has been on the show Rich Simini has been on the show so I feel it's important to provide a variety of different voices. Manish comes on regularly because he's somebody who presents a different viewpoint. And I understand why people don't like him for the reasons that I mentioned before. And so if you choose not to listen to that particular show because you don't want to hear Manish, no problem. As far as this particular story, and everybody's talking about it, that Manish, according to... Chris Carlin and Jerry Recco on WFAN as well has had his credentials taken away by the Jets in the NFL. I'm going to be 100% honest about this. I have no real idea what's going on. None. The only thing I can tell you is I texted Manish to ask about it and he said he's covering the Jets. That's all he would tell me. He's supposed to come on the show on Saturday. Before we record, I'll ask him if he wants to address this. I'm going to guess that he's going to decline, which is what happened the other time that a controversy erupted, and I asked him about it, and he didn't want to talk about it. He just said, I don't want to talk about it, and that was the end of it. So I assume that's what's going to happen. He'll be on the show Saturday. Beyond that, I don't really know what to expect because I don't know any of the details of this. We'll probably find out more at which point we'll see what ends up happening, but for now, all I can tell you is that I legitimately don't really know anything about this other than what you've seen on Twitter or heard in other places. Chris, you probably know a little bit more than I do, but I don't know how much you know either.
1: Yeah, I mean, yesterday I didn't know anything at all. I didn't even know that this was a thing, and I still don't really know much of anything. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint fans, but I, I cover the Jets, i don't cover the jets beat uh if you want to go to like awful announcing or the big lead or any of these uh places that cover media uh go for it but i've said this before it's a weird dynamic with all us other beat writers because we're kind of we're we're actually each other's competition but we're kind of i look at us like we're co-workers If something happened with me and my credential, I wouldn't want Manisha or anybody else trying to dig in to find out the information and talk about it. So I'm not going to sit here and I'm not, I'm not going to say what, you know, anything I know, which is really nothing uh, at this point, to be honest, but I'm also not going to be looking into it. It's not my job to find out what happened with another reporter and just out of coworker, basic decency and respect, I'm not going to sit here and really try to dig into this This is not this isn't my business um i know fans want to know i understand why fans want to know but it, this isn't my job this isn't my uh place to inject myself and even if it was at this point i i really don't have much to give you beyond some speculation um and and I, I get you want the answers, but it's it's just not my place. And uh, and again, if if this was me involved in the situation, I would hope that the other reporters would act the same way. So I'm going to continue to act this way.
0: Yeah, it's not my place either. And like I said, I don't even know anything anyway, but I will ask Manish before he comes on Saturday if he wants to address this. If he does, then he'll address it. If he doesn't, then he won't. And as far as future appearances after Saturday, like I said, we'll see what happens. I don't know how that's going to work out. Maybe Manish continues to come on the show. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see how this story unfolds. I really can't say anything more than that because people have been asking, is Manish still going to be on? Is Manish still going to be on? As of now, he's supposed to be on Saturday. After that, I really don't know. It's the only answer I can give you, to be perfectly honest. So... We had to address that because that's something that a lot of people are talking about. But everything Chris and I just said is the truth as far as we know it. Neither one of us really knows anything beyond speculation. Manish hasn't told either one of us anything other than what I said before. And Saturday when he comes on, I'll ask him if he wants to address it. And then as far as future appearances on the show, if Manish is going to come on, we'll figure it out from there. But that's all we know right now. So now you know as much as we do, which is not much, quite frankly. And to be honest with you, as much as we had to address this, it makes it even tougher to do it on a day When the Jets were so bad <laughs> So hopefully the Jets Will start to turn things around because Manish or no Manish, it doesn't Really matter in the grand scheme of things What matters is that this team has Got to play better in practice If they're going to be at least Watchable during the regular Season, so let's hope that that begins At practice tomorrow, and Chris You will be there, as our eyes and ears As always, Chris Nimbley, the owner Operator, lead reporter, whole shebang at Jet- insider.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. For anybody that's looking for your three takeaways and wants to be really depressed today, <laughs> I'm sure they can read all about it at Jetsinsider.com.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's going to get up a little late today. I have to go run and go pick up my mom's dogs for her right after we're done recording, but I will get it up there. We do have practice tomorrow. Friday is an off day, and then we'll have practice again over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, We're going to have to wait and see exactly what these practices look like, but I'll have uh, plenty more content up there about that, and we will be focusing heavily on if there's any possible way they can turn this around.
0: Go ahead and read Chris's very big deal work over at jetsinsider.com, and follow him on Twitter at cnimbly and at Jets Insider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.